Welcome everyone to the Hecate's Doorway podcast. Welcome back. How have y'all been? Hopefully you've had a better time than I have. Mister, uh, I coughed so hard I sent myself to the ER. Wait, wait. We are redoing an old episode because this was like, fuck, I don't know what this was, episode seven. <laughs> and we still don't even know what the fuck we were doing. Not that we know what we're doing now, but at least we have a better idea of what we're doing. Yeah. We don't sound like we're afraid of our microphones. <laughs> yeah. We also have better microphones. Way better. And I just like this case. I feel like I kind of want to just try it again. Okay, that's good. Without further ado. Ado. Let's just jump into this cesspool. Yes. So, Texarkana Moonlight Murders were a series of unsolved murders in and around the area of Texarkana in 1946. The perpetrator of these attacks was given the name the Phantom Killer or the Phantom Slayer. They are credited with attacking eight people and killing five. The attacks happened at night and on weekends between February 22nd and May 3rd. First three attacks were on lovers' lanes or quiet stretches of roads, and the fourth was at an isolated farmhouse. His targets were all couples. These attacks gained massive press coverage and caused widespread panic throughout the area. Residents would lock themselves in their homes at night, heavily armed. Police patrolled the streets. Stores sold out of guns, ammo, locks, and other items. So this shit was intense. Damn. And obviously, I said unsolved because this motherfucker was never found. There's a, a couple different theories about who this guy was. We'll get into that at the end when we talk about the suspects. Mm-hmm. There's also a movie about this whole case, if y'all want to watch it, called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know there was a movie about. It's like a documentary slash horror movie. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a sequel where it's, like, a copycat killer slash redo, kind of. Okay. Investigations went from city level all the way to federal, and there was some doubts that these attacks were done by the same person, namely the last one. Though this had never been officially solved, officials had some pri- had a prime suspect. Uh, Yul Sweeney. Who the fuck spells a name like that? I don't know, man. This is the fucking 40s. This man was probably born in, like, 1920-something. Yule Sweeney. Yule Sweeney. At first I thought that was a typo. No. This is fucking Yule Sweeney. Yule. Sounds like the most fucking criminal name I've ever heard of. Mm Mm-hmm. Sweeney was a career criminal and was the main suspect, mostly in part, from statements given by his wife. But we'll get into that later. For now, let's get back to where this all began. With the first attack. The first attack was on February Hey, on my birthday. <laughs> That's funny. Do you have something <coughs> you want to fucking explain to us? Huh? I wasn't born yet. Yeah? That's fucking convenient, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, put a fucking bag alibi. over your head and see if you match. What? He wore a bag. He wore... Why would he wear a bag? Sometime around 11.45 p.m., Jimmy Hollins and his girlfriend, Mary Jane... Ooh... Jean. Oh, so it's not Mary Jane. Okay. Yeah. Mary Jean LeRae were parked at a lover's lane. Why is it always called lover's lane? I don't know, man. That's you figure anywhere there's lover's lane, someone's going to die, so do not go there. That's probably why no one does. Actually, I don't know if anyone doesn't do it anymore, but I can only assume they don't. Yeah. 
parked at a lover's lane after watching a movie when a man approached the driver's side of the, of the car. He was wearing what looked like a white pillow sack over his head with holes cut out for, uh, for eyes. This man is the laziest serial killer. Spooky. He shone a flashlight into the car. Hollis wasn't sure if it was some kind of prank. He told the man who had gone the he had gone the wrong person. He responded, "I don't want want to kill you, so do what I say." I'll say I would have floored it anyway. They should have just floored it. I don't know why they didn't floor it. To just start the car and fucking re- whatever re- happens to them while they are flooring it is going to be so much less than if they don't. I don't know why they didn't. Remember, if someone tells you they're not gonna kill you. They just want to talk. Get the f- They're gonna kill you, so might as well make him work for it. Yeah. Both Hollis and Leary were ordered out of the car. He told Hollis to remove his pants, and he struck him twice in the head with his pistol so hard, the sound of his skull fracturing sounded like a gunshot. Damn. I don't know why I told him to take his fucking pants off, but... You wanted to compare dick size? <laughs> You're bigger than me, God damn it! That's probably why he hit him so hard. Son of a bitch. Little dick syndrome. Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. I think that's what most serial killers have, honestly. Yeah. Loray, believing he was attempting to rob them, grabbed Hollis's wallet to show their assailant they had no money. The man then struck her with a blunt object and ordered her to stand up and then to run. When she began in the direction of a ditch nearby, he told her to run up the road. She found an empty car in the road, and upon reaching the car, the man was right behind her. He asked her why she was running, when she responded by telling him it's what he told her to do, he called her a liar before knocking her to the ground and sexually assaulting her with his gun. Ow. Like, bruh. Yeah. I don't know if it's better or worse than with his own his own bits. I mean, doesn't leave any. Well, this is back when there wasn't DNA testing yet. Yeah, so. so. Oof. Maybe, it was, maybe he really does a little dick syndrome. Didn't want to pull it out, so he pulled out his big old gun. Yeah, well, he just couldn't get it hard enough. Yeah, for some reason, impotence is just, like, locked in with serial killers. Like, almost every serial killer has a problem getting it up. Oof. So if you have a problem getting it up, you're probably a serial killer. Doesn't mean I'm a serial killer. I don't want to go to the doctor. I can't can't get hard. Yeah, you're going to have to go to Arkham. God damn it. I just need pills. Yeah, you're going to get them at Arkham. No. (laughs) No. She got away and ran half a mile to a nearby house where she was able to call the police. Hollis survived the attack as well and both were taken to the hospital. For some reason, the police the police believed they knew the attacker for the... Yeah, Why I, would they I don't believe? Know. That, what purpose? I really don't know. Like I, I tried to dig into this a little deeper to figure out why, but they were so sure for the longest time that they knew... Okay, no, actually, I think I know exactly what it was. Because we talked about this, I think, when we did our Ted Bundy series. Yeah. How up until Ted Bundy, the whole, like, random killer was just a thing that no one believed in. Like, oh, oh, like if, like if yeah. someone attacked you, they knew you. Like, only people who knew each other would attack. I mean, statistically, it is true. Like, 90, I think, something percent of murders are committed by someone who knows the victim. But not all the time. But, yeah, there's still a 10%. And this is the one, probably, well, actually, I mean, we actually don't know. This yeah. man could have known them. True, but he was never caught. So but they knows? don't know. They don't know who he was. But I also, think, he was wearing a bag over his head. How could they see him? I know. 
I know they probably didn't. They probably didn't believe that. But yeah, that I think that's why they were so like, no, you know who he is, which is still a fucked up thing to say to someone who got his fucking skull cracked in and then fucking sexually assaulted by a gun. Like yep. they were obviously attacked. They're not making shit up for some reason. Yeah, but you know that's a uh, good old fucking police work for you. That brings us to the second attack and the first double murder on March 24th. That morning, both Richard L. Griffin and Polly Ann Moore were found dead in Griffin's car out on Lover's Lane by a passenger. Griffin was found between the front seat of his, on his knees with his head resting on his shoulder and his pockets had been turned inside out. He had been shot twice, one shot in the back of his head. Moore was lying face down on the back seat. She had also been shot in the back of the head. There was evidence that both of them had been murdered outside the car and placed inside and posed after. Bloodstains on the ground and a point and a thirty-two cartridge shell. This is what makes this case so like kind of like weird and confusing is it's similar but also really different. I mean you could say this is escalation too. Yeah. Because obviously like a lot of the, the MO is the same aside from just outright killing. He didn't shoot anyone the first time. You know, he just... Yeah. Maybe he was too scared to do it. Yeah. Haven't built up the nerve. You could definitely say that. That's probably what this was. And then the whole bring him back to the car and posing him thing is just both disturbing and very obvious, like, serial killer behavior. Yeah. And then, yeah, since he didn't fire the first time, they have no idea what kind of gun he had, but now we have the bullet casing... On April 14th, we have the next set of murder victims, Paul Martin and Betty Jo Booker. Around 1.30 a.m., Paul picked up Betty, and at 6.30 the same morning, Martin's body was found. He'd been shot four times, in his right hand, in the back, going through his ribs, one shot through his nose, and one in the back of his neck. That's fucking brutal. Damn. A search party went out looking for Booker. And at 11.30, they found her. She was about two miles away from Martin's body behind a tree. She was fully clothed, laying on her back, and her hand had been placed in the pocket of her overcoat. She had been shot twice, once in the chest and once in the face. Dang. The murder weapon was determined to be the same 32 caliber automatic Colt pistol from the last murder. Martin's car was found about three miles away from Booker's body, parked at Spring Lake Park with the keys still in the ignition. Final attack took place at a farmhouse about 10 miles northeast of Texarkana. So this also takes place a bit outside of the usual kill zone, which kind of also adds a little bit of skepticism into this being actually part of it. Yeah. Virgil Starks was shot twice in the back of the head through a closed window in the house as he was sitting in a chair. His wife Katie came into the room and watched as Virgil tried to stand up, only to fall back down onto his chair, which has to be horrifying. Like, she came in because she heard the gunshots. Yeah. To see her husband stand up, probably see the fucking blood running down him, and then just collapse back into his chair. Horrifying, dude. Yeah. She ran to the phone on the wall to call police, only to be shot twice in the face from the same window. But she regained her footing... Didn't die. Damn. Yeah. Woman's fucking badass. Yeah. She ran to the room. She ran to her bedroom to grab a pistol, but she was so blinded by her blood she couldn't find it. 
When she heard the attacker enter the back door, she instead headed out the front door. So, that's Dang. just impressive. Twice to the face. Yeah. I mean, you know, these aren't these aren't like musket bullets either. Like these are bullet bullets. Yeah. That's just yeah. And she she had the foresight to go grab her gun too. Like, I should pull my gun. Yeah, yeah. She couldn't even see, but she just booked. I mean, smart. Not she heard him coming through the back. She's like, no, fuck it. I'm just gonna run. Yeah. Shot. I can't find it. I'm bleeding too much. I'm. <laughs> I'm a skirt. <laughs> she ran across the street to her sister's home. But when no one was there, she again fled to her neighbor's AV, to her neighbor's AV Prater. Yeah, that's his name. Ah, AV Prater. The Prater family, along with another neighbor, took Katie to the hospital after she collapsed at, at Prater's door. Authorities would later conclude that this attack was not linked to the double murders, and there are there are no good reasons to suspect as much. The murder weapon was different. A 22 instead of a 32 of the two murders, as well as being the only attacking taking place at the victim's home, as well as the victims being significantly older than all the others. Yeah, so that that's that's kind of what I was talking about in the beginning. Is it gets linked to these because it's it if it's the time frame. Yeah, and it you know it somewhat fits, but there's a lot of differences. You know, different gun, which you know. Doesn't necessarily mean he only he only had one gun. He could have had multiple guns. It just you know it throws it off when two two murders happened with one weapon, and then a different murder happens with a different weapon. Yeah. Not to mention, yeah, this is the only one where he doesn't go out looking for them, like lovers' lanes or shit like that. Because we can only imagine that the last double murder—that's where that happened too. They must have went there. So he actually goes to their homes, which is odd because it definitely shows that he probably knew them. Because I couldn't imagine he's just, like, prowling a random home. You know, like, he probably went to this person's home. Because it's also, you know, miles out of the radius he's doing his last killings in. Yeah. And also, yeah, this is the age difference. Like, everyone he's killed up to this point has been, uh, I think, like, 16 to 21 or 22, I want to say. Ew. And uh, I can't remember their exact ages, but these this couple is, like, mid-late 40s, I think. So it, it definitely does just um, not quite fit in, but it also does just get lumped into this because the time frame is just so like, you know, like it, it just kind of makes sense. You know, someone's doing these random killings and then all of a sudden these two people got attacked in their home. Even if it's so out of character, you're still going to put it in there just because it's like. There's a it, good chance yeah. he was probably on the leaving and mm-hmm. just had to get one last. One last kill. Yeah. Well, there's a little a little bit of a theory about that that we'll talk about at the end after we go through some of the suspects. It's also worth pointing out the way the first attack was handled by the police. The investigators, for some reason, firmly believe that Larry knew who attacked her. Oh, Lorraine, my bad. Not Larry. Attacked her and was making up the story of the phantom killer. Attacking her as well as to cover up the real perpetrator. Quote unquote real. E. Real. After Lay was interviewed by the Texarkana Gazette on May 11th, the police seemed to change the tone and connected the attack to the double murders. Yeah, I mean, I think probably because. Yeah, one, because now she's probably talking out like, yo, the cops are saying this, but I don't know who it is. They're like, oh, well, we didn't say that. 
But then also you have the other two attacks where it's like pretty goddamn similar to what happened to her in a sense. So yeah. But yeah, fuck those guys. Like at some point you have to like step the fuck back and be like, yo, this chick does not know who attacked her. Unfortunately, that's basically where the story ends. Yeah. Because after that, that is the last attack that gets connected to this. And as far as I could find, I went through like I went through what I could find of like the FBI records of this. I went through multiple different like uh, forums of people talking about this and news articles and everything. No other killing that happens in the area or anywhere else really gets drawn back to this. This is basically the end of this. Uh. So either this man just took off and stopped killing, which is a little bit of a theory that we'll get into at the end. Or he either died or got arrested for something else and also, and just got booked out for that. Could be. But we got, like we said, we got two suspects. Two. 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 So, suspect number one we talked about at the beginning of the episode, good old Yol Sweeney. Yol. As we said, Sweeney was a career criminal, specifically a car thief. Yeah. So, at the night of the uh, the Griffin Moore double murder, I believe that was the first double murder, mm-hmm. they found a stolen car, which they believed was Griffin's, and they arrested Sweeney's wife, because they couldn't find Sweeney. They traced it back to Sweeney, because he was a career car thief. And that's when Sweeney's wife confessed that Sweeney was the phantom killer and supposedly was able to tell the police where he tossed some of the victim's possessions. The police found the items. Yeah. So that doesn't look good for this guy. But the trouble in the confession comes from the fact that later she would recant her confession. The other convoluted part in all this is the fact that Sweeney was sentenced, but not for the murders... They convicted him for being a habitual car thief. Uh. So, it's it's just, it's a whole fucking mess. Like, they're, like, convicting him for something else. They get a confession. I mean, I can see this being a false confession because, you know, that happens all the fucking time. Yeah. I don't know what to make of the whole she told him where to find things and they found him. Given the track record of not very good police, I can see that being a bunch of bullshit. Could also be maybe the wife knew something. It could be, but unfortunately we'll never know because they just locked him up for stealing fucking cars and called it good. Oh, gross guy. Yeah. But yeah, so that's where that ends, unfortunately. (laughs) Suspect number two was a man by the name of H.B. Duty Tennyson. (laughs) Duty. (laughs) Duty. (laughs) I don't know what fucking kind of nickname Duty is. Yeah. I mean, sure, it's the 40s, whatever. People are walking around named Dick. (laughs) Joe. Tennyson was a university freshman who committed suicide. Damn. He left a cryptic note that led investigators to a suicide note. So he left a note that led him to another note. And that note, he confessed to the double murders and the murder of Virgil Starks. Though investigators weren't able to find any evidence linking him to the murders. Could have just done that for attention. That's that's kind of what that boils down to, is that he was dealing with some, like, fucking mental illness and shit. Yeah. Which, you know, no one fucking knew jack shit about. Mm-hmm. He was in the area, and this was, this is, like, a pretty big, um, news story in, like, the area. Like, I think, I think they actually do have, like, a, a show in the movie. What? Oh, speaking of your keyboard? No, no, as I said that, as I said showing of the movie, it, like, glitched out. Oh, really? <laughs> 
was hella creepy. <laughs> but even that aside, um, there was still nothing to really link him to it. No one could find anything other than his confession. And obviously, motherfucker killed himself, so you can't do anything about it. Yep. But yeah, nothing nothing else came of that. So, now that we got the suspects out of the way, and unfortunately none of the suspects got caught because one's dead and the other got put away for car theft. The, the two like main theories, Alex... I guess, I guess technically there's three, because one theory is that this was just random attacks by a fucking serial killer who fucked off. Yeah. Theory two was, you know, this, I believe this is like right after World War II. So a lot of people think that this was like a World War II vet who came back and theory two and three kind of intertwined because either he was just fucked up from the war mm-hmm. and was just, you know, PTSDing all over the place. You know, like, that whole, like, still back in the war, still going after people. Shell shock. Yeah. Or, because most people believe this guy was in his early to mid-twenties. He, the other thing is that he left the war, came back, and something happened. He found out something that pissed him off, and he targeted specific people. Which only really makes sense if you bring in that last one, because that last one is just so obviously targeted. You know, miles out of town where he's th- all the other people have been killed to their house. Mm. You know. But, again, unfortunately, just a theory. Not a game theory. Hey. A real life theory because these people died. Oh. Unless you're Alex Jones and then the fucking school shooting's a goddamn cover-up. They're all actors. Imagine, imagine saying that. Like, imagine saying, oh yeah, no, that school shooting, actors. Yep. Your kid died? No, he didn't. No, he was What a fucking piece of shit. But, yeah, so, unfortunately, that's where that ends. Damn. Never to be heard of again. Because this happened in the fucking 40s, and in 2023, we still don't know anything more than we knew at the end of all of this. Yep. But I, fi- I just find, I find some of these really interesting, especially this one, just because it's, like, it's so weird. Like, this guy dressed up, did these killings, one killing that may or may not even be him, and then just fucked off. So, yeah, the, the theory that he specifically targeted people would work into, like, he killed the people he needed wanted to kill, and then he was done, and then he left. Unfortunately, there's no resolution, but maybe mm. someday. I mean, we there's all these, like, old murders kind of getting resolved here yeah. and there, so. Maybe at some point, unless they've just shut this case. We'll see. They might have, I don't know. Yeah, they probably did. It's a cold case at this point. They've shut it. Someone will figure something out at some point. And we will update you when that happens. Yeah. Unless it never happens. Yeah. I mean, they think they know who Jack the Ripper is. Yeah, they think, but there's no way to prove it at this no. point. It's, it's all just speculation at this point. Unless I do some kind of immortal creature, we won't know. That was our redo. Hopefully it's better than the last one. I'm pretty sure it is. It should be. Unfortunately, nothing really more to add, but I just wanted to redo that one. I think there's, like, maybe two more that I kind of want to do this to. Just because they're so old. We sounded so fucking... I went back and listened to, like, episode five, I think, and I was like, oh my god. Like, when I listen to these ones, we sound almost professional. (laughs) When I listened to those ones, I was like, oh god. It was like, ew. Ugh. We're just like so awkwardly like I don't know what to do. I'm so quiet. Why are we such bitches? Such a little bitch. Oh Oh, mommy, don't hit me again. Just kidding, dude, please. What? Hit me.
Step on my testicles. Mm, I don't think so, Chief. Y'all have a good, good day. Hail Satan, the Dark Lord. What if he doesn't want to be hailed? But they don't want to be hailed. Too fucking bad. Like, damn it, stop hailing me. I just want to live a normal life. I'm trying to play some Call of Duty here. <laughs> All right, later. Bye. Just-